So the greatest basketball player to ever play the sport in Sri Lanka. Just stick to the grind though, you know, because you know it's going to be worth it one day. Catching a bus to go all the way home, sometimes you don't have the bus, so you got to hitchhike, uh, oh. you know, to go home. My first setback was my first injury, my right knee, when I tore my meniscus. At the same time, uh, my father was um, going through fighting his cancer battle. That was my dad's dream of uh, me kind of going to U.S. and playing college basketball because it was not really seen, like done before or seeing somebody really living through their life, so it was our goal. We finally got you on to uh, episode number four of the Entrepreneur Wired podcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't know who Pranith is, Pranith is the founder of iImpact Hoops. Uh, he is also an alumni of Texas Wesleyan USA and he's also the greatest basketball player to ever play the sport in Sri Lanka. But Pranith, there is a problem. The best basketball player to play the, the sport in Sri Lanka is no longer wearing the national jersey. Uh, you have played a very important role in Sri Lanka's success over many of its South Asian counterparts, but you are not playing the sport anymore for the team. Uh, what's the reason for this? Uh, first of all, well, thank you for having me. I'm glad that I could uh, finally make it over here. Yeah. Um, answering your question, there's a lot of politics involved in sports, sadly. Um, it's actually due to a um, dispute that I have with the Basketball Federation officials. Uh, which happened on the last South Asian Games um, December in Nepal. Um, so because of that, there's, it's an ongoing investigation right now. Um, and due to that reason and the lack of motivation that has um, given me and not being able to uh, genuinely be proud on representing this uh, jersey because of these actions of these officials, um, I've thought of you know, stepping down to make a point uh, to make sure that we, as players, stand up and say what's wrong is wrong. Um, in future, I don't know, um, I'm still training, I'm in best of my shape, I'm, I would say I'm best in my form, um, but if I get a um, proper um, feedback out of it or the desired result that I'm trying to get out of this, uh, then yes, I'll uh, consider playing, but if not, um, for now, I'm thinking of stepping aside from the national team but play local basketball and uh, help the way I can. Right, so if I have to go a little deep into it, what exactly needs to happen? What exactly needs to change for you to um, wear the national jersey again so for this team? For me, actually, I want the officials to um, accept their force and um, rectify it, you know? So, as right now, it's like us saying what you did was wrong and them saying no, what, we, what we're doing is right. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of um, involved in mismanagement of money on the funds that we got for the South Asian Games. Uh, so there's a whole big story and it's an ongoing in investigation as well. Um, so yeah, if I, if I feel like we've got justice and then yes, I'm, I'm all down to you know, uh, play for the team again and represent our country. Fingers crossed man, I think Sri Lanka needs you back so I hope yeah. Things are rectified and uh, we come back on the same page so that Sri Lanka so can get back to your services. And extremely young as well, so we, you, yeah. we are losing out on uh, your prime years, you know, so I hope things get back soon. So you, you, you studied in the States for four years, 
um, you finished your bachelor's, you were on the dean's list as well, and you won a championship with the Rams basketball yeah. team, and then you come back to Sri Lanka and you start I Impact Hoops, which is a basketball and fitness academy based in Colombo. Um, what was the inspiration behind this, and what are you hoping to achieve uh, through this brand? When I first started I Impact Hoop Lab, um, the idea came when I was in USA playing college basketball. I also remember participating on my first um, off-season uh, basketball training program. And then there were certain skills that we had to perform and I was kind of struggling. They were basics, but I was kind of struggling and they were very uh, skill-specific uh, training. And when I went through that, I realized this is something that we lack in Sri Lanka. Uh, basketball skill training, specifically addressing the skills skills aspect of the game. That's when I first thought, you know, um, whenever I go back to Sri Lanka, I want to uh, start my own skill training program. Of course, it was uh, not planned to start this early. Mm -hmm. I wanted to play a little bit of pro basketball overseas. Yeah. Uh, but uh, due to various reasons, I came back, I started off. So the inspiration came. Uh, from me training in overseas, uh, going through a skill training program and realizing this is something that Sri Lanka doesn't have, yeah. a specific skill, skill pro, uh, training program that purely focuses on skills. Mm -hmm. um, with that inspiration, I came back and I thought, you know what, uh, let me just, it's a um, problem that we have in Sri Lanka, so let me address yeah. it, let me uh, be the solution of it. Uh, so as gain as much knowledge I can and then I came back and I started an impact group lab. Yeah, so speaking more of the problems that you saw, like what are some of the gaps that you saw in the sports and fitness industry? If you can elaborate a bit further. So, um, let me talk about basketball because yes. that's where I can really relate. Sure. Um, as a basketball player who started basketball in the fourth grade all the way coming up, uh, we have coaches pretty much doing everything, right? They, apart from coaching the game, they try to teach yeah. their level best to teach skills, they do the fitness side of it. Mm -hmm. But if you go to US, when we played in college basketball, we got the head coach, we yeah. got um, different coaches working under him. Yes, who works on skills different, who works on the weight room in a different level, who works on fitness in a different level, who breaks down uh, game tape in a different level. So there are different um, categories that they specialize in. Yes. Everyone comes under coaching. And of course, another reason is um, in US, we have all season and on season, yeah. which we don't have in Sri Lanka, sadly. Um, so this off season time is specifically uh, given for skill training. They need to focus on their skills, really work on their skills. And then when you go to a season, uh, when you go to your coaches, you work on the team aspect of it. Yeah. Team offense, team defense, offensive strategy, defensive strategy. Yeah. So this off season is very individual. Right, I, and, and that's the gap that we have in Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. We don't have an off-season where we focus on our dribbles, focus on our footwork, focus on our different finishes, focus on different shots, different finishing methods, work on um, building our coordination, hand-eye coordination, strong hand to weak hand coordination. So a lot of things yes. that you individually need to work on. And in Sri Lanka, coaches don't have time to work on you individually when that is the time that you work on the team. Yes. So you, even if you go in the club level or in the school level, you have team practice. Team practice is there for team training, team offense, team defense, figure out your um, substitutions, the players, the eight that rotates around, what type of team defense and team offense you want to play, etc. Building right? chemistry between the teams. Yes. yes. 
but trainers skill trainers which i'm doing is purely one-on-one yeah i look into your uh, weaknesses and strengths i work on your weaknesses i work on your strength to make it better mm-hmm. uh and we work on little details yes. that needs time that needs a lot of repetitions um so mm-hmm. that's the gap that i'm filling uh, through this basketball skill training program through impact program. So you're on a mission of fine-tuning these athletes Absolutely. and also uh, starting them young because you were talking about yes. how you had gone up against all these athletes in the States but they yes. had started probably at the age of two or four yes. whereas although you worked so hard because of circumstances you had to start at probably 10 yes. or 9 which is probably a little too late compared to those athletes. Sure. So coming back to business, uh, doing a business is no walk in the park. Everyone who's um, you know, an entrepreneur knows that. What were some of the unique challenges that you faced as an entrepreneur starting iImpact Hoops and then managing the business over the last two years? So for me, about this, the challenge was to, um, you know, really invest myself into this. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming from US, uh, I finished off my business management degree there. And then, you know, in a typical society, even my mom wanted me to, you know, find a good job, mm. play basketball okay. alongside. Um, but you know, if you start your own business, okay. um, there's a huge risk involved in it, and maybe the turnover, the, sure. the profits you're gonna make, those are not decided. And in my case, I'm trying to introduce something new, new, for right? Sure. Um, yeah. uh, created a whole new market in terms of basketball skin, skill training specifically. Um, so the main challenge for me was, am I all in? Or all out because if I'm all in, that's me saying no to a nine to five job, um, quitting from the scratch. Um, that's one side. The next challenge is the infrastructure, uh, the skill training equipments, basketballs, getting a place. Uh, how do I promote it? How do I start? Where do I start? Um, so those are all all huge challenges for me, and it was also a bit scary in the beginning, mm. you know, because. You always have this feeling like, what if I fail? You know, like if all that time that you spend in building something, and if the outcome is like, what if I fail? You know, and and that's common for any startup business, for any entrepreneur. Uh, I think it's all about believing yourself, yeah. believe in your idea, and then you truly um, try to resolve a problem, and then you're hundred percent passionate about it. You're all in. You're gonna you're gonna make sure it works. Yeah. Right. So, um, for me, I started just like everybody else. Um, started with whatever I had. I mean, I came uh, back from US. I actually got a lot of support. Um, one of my um, friends uh, actually supported me in terms of getting the uh, equipments, some mm-hmm. of the equipments down from uh, USA right. to Sri Lanka. Uh, I came, started off with one athlete. Um, made two, became three, became four. Uh, now I got close around 60 <laughs> athletes training to me and I'm doing it full time. Um, got more equipments now, so yes. there you go. Yeah, and now you build a whole community around Absolutely. the whole thing. And it's very interesting that you were talking about being all in because you being the star you are, there are many brands which have uh, approached you and told them told you to play mercantile basketball for them, which is usually the case here. Yeah. Uh, while managing, uh, you know, doing a job, yeah. which could have been a bit lucrative given the fact that you would have got money at the forefront, but you stick true, stuck true to your mission. Yes, and I hope it's paying off now. Absolutely. Um, so let's move to uh, another segment now, which is your personal life now, right? So everybody knows Pranitulu Malagala, the champion. You know, they know uh, the star who went and played for four years in the states. They know the star who. Uh, you know, was on the dean's list 
got a bachelor's in the States and I can keep going on and on. You were the captain who actually won uh, the first Sri Lanka schools championship yes. at the national level. However, not everyone might be aware of uh, you know, the struggles that you had faced at a personal level, the losses that you had and the mountain that you had to climb because that's the problem, right? Everybody sees the person on top of the mountain but they don't know how much of a climb and how steep of a mountain it was in the first place. So can you maybe take us through that part of your life? Absolutely, Abad. So um, I think I can go back to uh, my school day, how the schedule was like. Um, so I was a swimmer. Yeah. I was a uh, national swimmer. Yes. I actually got a silver medal in uh, South Asian Games for um, age group South Asian Games. That have, I think I said it right. Uh, in 2009, if I'm not mistaken, in yeah. Pakistan, it was the swimming and water polo championships. Uh, so I was in the junior category. I was around 14, 15 years old. And, um, so I was a swimmer uh, in the national level. Uh, so I used to wake up at 4.30 in the morning, I got my swimming training starting at 5.15. Um, I'd go till 7 and then school at 7.30, get done around 1.32. I got basketball starting around 2, 2.30, goes till around 6. Mm. And by the age of 16, 17, I started playing for uh, Colombo Basketball Club into yes. the club level. Yes. So when I get done in school at 6, I go for club training that starts around 7, goes till around 9, 9.30 at night, and then I go home. Uh, by the time I hit the bed, it's, you know, at 11.30, 12 in the morning. 4.30 to 11.30. Yeah, Every and day. then I yeah. go next day again, you know, 4, 4.30. Again, it's not healthy, right? I mean, you need to get your sleep and all that. Yeah. It wasn't every single day, but there were, those were the days, at least around three or four uh, days, especially when the season, both the seasons are in one yes. spot. It was all just, you know, making sure your academics are in place. So it was really tiring, right? Because I remember um, going back home after practices, catching a bus to go all the way home. I lived a bit far. Yeah. So that whole um, going back home and then being so tired, catching the bus, sometimes you don't have the bus, so you got to hitchhike, oh, uh, you know, to go home. That's and, crazy, man. Yeah, and, and you just... Stick to the grind though, yeah. you know, because you know it's going to be worth it one day. So I think being, um, continuing that without giving up was one of my main challenges. And then comes uh, injuries and uh, losing uh, someone uh, dear to you, right? For me, it was my first setback was my first injury that I, um, uh, was my right knee yes. when I tore my meniscus. Um, at the same time, uh, my father was um, going through his, fighting his cancer battle. Um, so I remember I was in a Mugenda tournament. I tore my right meniscus, and then um, when the doctors were like, you know, it's 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 tough, uh, but this is it. You know, you gotta kind of stay away from the sport for some time and make sure you come back. And it's a whole process, right? And at that time, it was just really hard for me. And you know how close I was with my dad and all sure, that. Man. So it was my dad's dream. It was heartbreaking. Dream. Yeah, it was my dad's dream of uh, me kind of going to U.S. and playing college basketball yes. because it was not really see, like done before or seeing somebody really living through their life. So it was our goal yes. to go to uh, U.S. and play. So just after um, three days mm -hmm. of my meniscus injury, yeah, yeah. Uh, my dad passed away. So I felt like, you know, basketball at that point was 
everything for me. Um, and then I felt like bas I'm, I'm feeling like I'm losing basketball. At the same time now, I lost the person who's um, most closest to me and who shares the same dream as I'm sharing. So losing, stepping down from basketball and losing my dad at the same time was absolutely heartbreaking. It was, prob it was the darkest times uh, of my life so far. And um, coming back was, was really hard. And I mean, to the viewers, I'm just saying, it's a matter of not giving up because at that point I felt like everything I worked for because that was the point I was looking to go to US, trying to get a scholarship and stuff like that. So when you come down with an injury, which potentially takes away your um, scholarships to go to US and then um, you, losing your dad was, was just unbearable. But I fought through it, uh, made to USA, finally um, uh, walked on, got into the team, got a scholarship, worked my way through, uh, boom, everything was back into what I just wanted and even more when we won uh, three um, conference championships in a row and a national championship, that was big time. But it was the second biggest hit when uh, my goal was to play professional basketball overseas, right? So the fourth year, the senior year was, was the one that kind of um, wanted to be impressive for you to put up a resume out there saying, hey, you know, I, I want to play in this level. Uh, so after my third year, I flew to LA, uh, whatever the money that I've saved from my um, previous summer, uh, I stayed with a friend uh, in LA, his name is Amit. Um, I still remember how- The rapper? Um, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. He, he's like a brother, he's like a big brother, yeah. he helped me out. Uh, I got some other family members, uh, but it was Amit that you know, I was staying at his house and all that, spent all my money in training throughout the three years of that summer in my fourth year so that I can go back to my college and play my senior year all out. Put up numbers, be, be great, and then live my, yeah, yeah. live my professional life. Out of all the hard work, training, uh, lifting weights, playing, running hills, of three months, spending every money you had saved into training, because some is the time you work and save money yeah. so that you can survive the rest of the year, right? But from the previous summer, I saved all that money and I spent it in this summer to, to make sure I'm ready for my fourth year. Right before my season, I go through a horrible injury that oh was, uh, I tore my ACL on my left knee, complete tear, uh, both my meniscus torn, my second degree MCL bruise, it was, it was ruthless. Uh, go to my medical team in college, um, shout out to them, they really took care of me, but they ruled out I'm off for the season. Oh my Right, God, so dude. it was like, okay, now my fourth year is done, uh, I can't play basketball. Uh, they say it's almost around 10 months to a year where I'm gonna be 100% obviously the, by that time I'll be graduating and, and stuff like that. Uh, all my chance of playing professional basketball is obviously out of the window. And I gotta more. It was more hard because I gotta start from the scratch now, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Uh, I still remember I was crying that night, the day I got injured. I was just crying, and and I just, you know, it, as hard as it was, I told myself, "What's next?" Right? Woke up next day, um, and then went back to college. When they ruled out, you know, you out for the season, I cannot play. I cried again that night. Then you know, woke up and say, "What next?" 
um, I gotta really uh, remember my teammates and my coach. Uh, there was football supporting my coach, uh, Coach Singleton, was like, you know what, why didn't you, you can still be a part of the team. You're not, you're not out of the team, you just can't play, but you're going to be in the team. Uh, get on with practice, get on with weight room sessions, be on the coaching staff, learn ins and outs of it. And um, eight, nine months straight, I go through rehab. Uh, my medical team really, really took care of me. Texas Western College took care of me. Uh, I built myself back up. I uh, still so remember we have the seniors night. That's mm -hmm. the final home game, mm -hmm. uh, and I was able to start the game. Oh, right? really? Yes, but but that was towards the end of the season. Towards the end of the season, that's right. the last home game you have. Right, right. right. Um, and I only started for like a minute. Okay. Right? It was just a mere gesture from the coach, you know right. what? But I was at, at at least at a stage yeah, where I could sure. start, and I uh, been there, played for a minute or so when I was out, and that that's how my college career ends. Mm -hmm. um, then. That's where I get determined. I tell myself, okay, I'm going to go overseas and try out um, with my own money. I went overseas, I tried out, tried out. I wasn't good enough to get selected to play in a league. Uh, but it was the first time I even started playing after my injury. I mean, to be honest, as I speak right now, I'm, I'm better than, than I was there. Um, and then I come back, uh, that's when I th thought of starting I impact right away. Uh, make an impact, start going, also play basketball here locally, playing the national team. Uh, I play a few overseas leagues in the South Asian region, mm -hmm. uh, made to the Nepalese uh, basketball yes, league and, and all that. the championship. Then, yes. yes. And uh, since then, I feel like I'm in best of shape right now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm uh, on top of my form. Um, so that's a long answer to your question, but that's so okay, many man. step backs. I think but I just... Uh, Never gave up, you know, never gave up. Took it one at a time. Just work, 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 work to where I want to get as a player, as a trainer, and etc. Perfect. <laughs> Separation begins here. That is a tagline of I Impact Hoops. Um, Praneet, as a champion, you were talking about how what it takes to actually, you know, go through the grind on a daily basis to go to where you are. So what in your opinion separates a champion in both business and sports from an average human? Um, so I came with separation begins here as to actually, I mean, you're a basketball player and there's in an industry, there's so many basketball players or in your uh, age group or in your area, there's a lot of basketball players. How do you separate yourself in terms of a skill aspect? But uh, to answer your question, um, I think it's mainly the work ethic that will separate you from the rest. Mm -hmm. How hard you work, how consistent are you, and um, even recently I made this video about 2080 uh, mindset mm. um, for basketball again at least, but it applies for everything. The Pareto rule, um, yes. Do 20% 20, 20 is skill. Yeah. Like if you, if you look at me <laughs> as, a, as a basketball player, 20% um, in skill, like means I go to court, I go to the basketball court, I keep on working, right? Work on my craft, work on my skills. But 80% is out of the two or three or four hours of training, the rest of the 20 hours of the day is about sleep, mm -hmm. discipline, taking care of your work, um, good habits, all those things. Come So when you, when you ask me like what separates a true champion is you just gotta be true to yourself, true to your grind, uh, continuously work hard, uh, do whatever it takes 
to go to your goals. So I think it's the consistency of working hard and being just laser focused to make sure you go to your goal, achieve your goal. Understood. So let's speak a bit about the COVID situation that's uh, being rampant here, which is one of the reasons why it took us a bit of time to get you yeah. onto the podcast as well. Right now, we are going through the second wave of the pandemic and we are getting positive COVID results pretty much all the time, which is bad. How has COVID impacted your business? Uh, what were some of the new trends that have emerged as a result? And um, how have you pivoted? As yeah, so um, uh, my, my skill training works group sessions, but we do 10 or 12 athletes at max. We don't do more than that because uh, I personally run my skill trainings as a trainer, so that is the maximum amount of uh, athletes that I could have so they can give my 100% to them in a personal level so I can see their falls. Uh, if I have too many people, then my 100% is not gonna go to my athletes. Mm -hmm. uh, so with COVID, obviously, everything had come to a stop. Mm -hmm. um, let alone you cannot have any sessions at all because when we're in a lockdown, uh, you're talking about trends. Um, everybody can see that everything is going to an online, online um, yes. system where you know everybody's uh, working and all that stuff. Uh, in skill aspect of it, um, if you take ball handling as a basketball player, you can do those things online and keep working on your um, skill in terms of ball handling. But in terms of footwork, uh, attacking, finishing, shooting, you actually have to be in a basketball court. So I think in um, this lockdown period, the focus was more on um, skill training in terms of ball handling, which was we could work online. So as a new trend viewer, I was putting out videos out there, I was yeah, uh, yeah. making sure uh, my kids uh, look into those videos on YouTube and etc. Et where they can work on their handles. And um, as we speak right now, I've put all my group sessions in, uh, cut down into more of a focus group and one-on-ones. Okay. So these days I work on purely one-on-one -on -one sessions or focus groups where there's two, three, four, maximum give or take, five, and I'm trying my little best to gradually build it up back to the uh, right. larger group sessions. But when I say large, it's max about 10 to 12 athletes. So, you know, you cannot control the outer environment, uh, but it's as entrepreneurs, you just gotta change your business to the suitable um, ways of being existing to stay exist in, existing in the business to, to keep going. So you just gotta change and do accordingly, and just make sure you survive the hardest times. For sure, that way you get back to uh, your feet again. So let's uh, speak a bit about the industry that is the sports and fitness industry. Now with the current developments, where do you see the industry headed towards in the next couple of years? And we're speaking about trends and you're talking about you know, virtual classes. Which are some of these trends will, will probably stay permanent even after the pandemic is over? Um, I honestly think uh, it actually depends because uh, again it comes to, um, if you look at what I'm doing, basketball, skill training, um, there's a limit, there are limitations where you can actually work online, yes. Like I said, basketball handles, yes, you can work it online, but if you really work on the rest of the game, you gotta physically be there with your player, um, work through their game when it comes to finishing, shooting, whatever. Um, so certain part of the fitness industry, uh, if it's purely like uh, losing weight or maintaining your um, good health or stuff like that, uh, I definitely see it being virtual, being online, uh, because it's possible, right? Um, and 
it also as a challenge, the technical side is also a challenge uh, for the entrepreneurs in the business. Uh, you got to have the knowledge of being able to uh, use the technology and to do it online. Um, it also depends on the customers. Uh, let's say our parents, for an example, they are not tech savvy as, as yeah. us and they wouldn't know how to be online, stuff like that. So it really depends on what your area of business is. And for me, I definitely think that um, as soon as things get back to normal, um, you're going to go back to the basketball court and just physically work on your athletes one on one or face to face. Um, and that's where at least my uh, part of the um, business is going to go. But I, I definitely think the rest uh, will definitely stay online and, yeah. and people who adapt. Uh, will survive and will go a longer journey. Yes, especially in, a, in an area like sports where there's a lot of human interaction. Like yeah. you said, footwork would never be yeah. taught and, online. And, and as effectively as in a physical Right, sport. and then basketball is a team sport. Exactly. Right? Even though, yeah, even yes. though I worked on the individual side of it, being personally working on your skill, uh, end of the day it's a team sport. You've got to sure. practice with the teammates, you've got to practice with your coaches, you got to stick to the team script, and there's so much more than that. Sure. Uh, for any aspiring entrepreneurs who are about to enter the fitness and sports industry, probably even the nutrition industry because it's a pretty vast yeah. area, what would be your advice on what they could potentially face when they enter it and how they could be successful in this industry? My advice is that you have to be passionate about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. right? Because if you're passionate about what you're doing, you'll learn more, you'll um, seek to improve your knowledge, uh, gather more information, make yourself so much better um, so that you can serve your um, customers or clients or athletes or whoever better. So I think if you are truly passionate about what you're doing and you work hard, rest will come into place, right? Because um, I sometimes go at 6.30 in the morning to all the way till like 9 p.m. at night and you know you just gotta because right now I've got so much more sessions because it's in a smaller scale and I have to do multiple sessions to meet all my athletes um, you don't feel like you're working because you're passionate about it you, you just do it and I get got done with the morning session today and then I've got sessions straight after this you don't feel like you're working because you're passionate about it you know you you give true um, information you see your athletes grow um, so the biggest advice is find your passion and just follow through it and, and you'll be just fine. Understood. Alright Praneet, so let's get back to Sri Lanka basketball. We're talking about how the country is missing your services. But let's hypothetically assume that you have been elected as the president of the Sri Lanka Basketball Federation tomorrow. Okay. What would be your course of actions? What would you do differently in order to get Sri Lanka or make Sri Lanka a powerhouse in basketball, at least at the Asia level? If I become the president, um, my focus is going to be two things. Number one is infrastructure. Um, as we speak, we don't have a basketball court of our own mm -hmm. for the national players. Um, up to now, every time we go on a tour, we, we struggle to find a place to practice. Um, it's, it's a mess. Right, I mean, there has to be a basketball court for the national players dedicated sure. where they can go and getting work, getting shots up. So my number one goal would be immediately infrastructure. Build infrastructure for the national players where they can freely practice, get better in their game, work on, work on their game. Number two is building a value for the national basketball players. 
right now, um, I'm talking about monetary value and as also a sense of pride of being a national basketball player. If you talk about a current basketball player right now, um, monetary, they don't get paid at all, zero. Um, so the motivation is solely representation, work hard. Um, the national players right now work a nine to five job, yeah. uh, come straight off their job, they're already tired, get into practice, work their uh, self in national training, go back home and then repeat, right? And number two, the other value I'm talking about is more like um, things like media coverage, get them known um, that will eventually get them some sponsorships, right? Because uh, for an example, um, we won the South Asian Games um, silver medal for the first time in the history. For sure, yeah. Uh, last December, uh, when we came back, not even our own basketball federation officials were there to welcome us in the airport, right? I mean, things like that can happen. There needs to be true uh, appreciation for the players of what they do, um, and then true value built through that. So again, like I said, build infrastructure, and number two is build value. And how do I build value? Is obviously through infrastructure, get the game to a higher level, uh, organize more tournaments. Since 2018, I came back from 2018 to now, we didn't have a single club yeah, basketball tournament. Yeah. That's sad, That's right? How, yeah. is, how are players gonna uh, work on their game? How are they gonna have motivation to stay on their game? It's been two years, not a single club tournament, right? So infrastructure and alongside get the game to a higher level, that will get the attention of more people while getting the attention of more people bring in sponsorships as much as we can like i'm talking about stepping out of your chairs and talking to brands talking to companies talking to people talking to individuals um start with one player it doesn't have to be all the players get one player some value monetary and added um presses or, or media coverage and stuff like that that way, now the youngsters looking at it, yes. they're like, okay, Absolutely. there we go. Now, I mean, you know, I mean, for an example, because I've been to US, because I played there for college basketball four years, um, because I won a championship, uh, because of my social media presence and how I've created a value for my own self by myself uh, has played a big factor in starting I Impact Pool Club as for well. Sure. Right? And, and sometimes, I'm just saying, sometimes you might not even be really good but it's the it's the way you present yourself that has bought all the value in and all the extra stuff. Now I'm saying obviously be genuine and really be good. So if I'm the president, number one infrastructure, build a court, get the national players going, working, get some tournaments aligned, have on season, off season. Like we can't just say in two weeks we have a tournament or a month we have a tournament. That's absurd. We gotta put a calendar out there. This is this is our, these are the dates. Obviously it it will deviate. I mean. It's, it's, in reality, it's, it, that's how it is, yes. right? You know when our international tournaments are coming. Um, I think uh, the next um, FIBA window is being played in February, okay. right? Okay. December, we're in mid-December. Right, if it's playing in February, like, at least by now, things has to be up and running. Boys gotta be practicing and stuff like that. Uh, so I don't know, I mean, since I'm not international, I don't know where things are and all that stuff, but I'm just assuming or hoping they, these guys get going right now, right? So, because we don't have infrastructure or code of our own, now they have to look into these other places. Are they renting it out? Can we rent out? Do we have the funds? And that's not how it should be. Yeah. It's a basketball federation. 
right? And and this is, I mean, some of the disputes we have and, and stuff like that. Um, so again, answering the question, uh, I'll work on the infrastructure, build the infrastructure with building it, try to get the level of basketball a little bit higher with more tournaments, more um, training opportunities, uh, giving them more goals like, okay, this championship here, this championship there. Um, actually, the Federation, the one time I would really want to give them credit was um, they were trying to organize a league. They couldn't make it happen, at yeah. least they tried. But that you know was because I mean? of the pandemic, am I right? Uh, it was the bombings, I think that. Oh, it's uh, just it's year, Yeah, it's the tax, that stuff. But I still think... That would have been pretty awesome though. If yes, I still, I still think they should have come back mm. uh, from it and made it happen. Mm. But again, they failed, yeah. right? Uh, so... Probably some of the sponsors also backed off, and yeah, there can. But be, what you're saying is irrespective there, there, there of circumstances, you're yeah, yeah, for sure. And there can sure be various reasons, um, and and I'm, I'm sure it's easy for us to say. Mm. And doing it is, is completely different. Mm. Um, but I think if you really have uh, people working and really wanting to make something happen, you'll find a way. I understand. And also, it's infrastructure and building a value for the national basketball players, so that kids look up and be like, oh. No, well, I want to play basketball. I want to get there. Woo! Pranay to Dumalagala, bring the fire <laughs> at uh, the Entrepreneur Wired podcast. This is episode number four, by the way. Pranay, thank you so much for being a part of this. So let's, um, now that we've been so hot all this time, let's cool down a little bit. But I'm, I might be putting you in a bit of trouble here. I'm going to get personal now. Okay. I'm going to ask you a bit about uh, your personal life. You recently got married, Pranay. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you two are match made in heaven. <laughs> However, they say that marriage sometimes changes a person. How has marriage affected you, uh, both as an athlete as well as a businessman? Um, I think... I, 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 you I remember, think carefully now. Yes, you don't yes. want to be sleeping in the couch yes, when you go yes, home. I know, right? so. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, I remember uh, when Kumar Sangakkara was retiring, he was asked, uh, what is your greatest achievement? Right? And uh, I hope I'm not wrong here. Right? And then his answer was, um, regardless of all these championships, achievements, and stuff like that, having a family to go back, uh, knowing that regardless if you win or lose, you're gonna have the same love. Because even the fans or anybody out there, even the officials, everything can, those things can change. But when you go back home, you have a supporting family of uh, a wife, your parents, or kids, or whatever, uh, who treats you for who you are, regardless of your outcome as a as an athlete and stuff like that. So I think even for me here, um, I'm so lucky that my wife has been a part of my grind, right? Um, it, it can be six in the morning to all the way at night. She'll make sure um, she's up and running. She wakes up before me, oh, okay. make sure my meals are prepped. Uh, when I wake up, everything is good to go. Uh, when I come back at night, she stays, stays uh, for me and make sure my day checks on me, how my day went and all that. Sometimes. It's easy to get busy with your work and um, kind of get carried away, right? Mm -hmm. And you necessarily don't uh, kind of check on, on your family. But uh, like I said, regardless of your ups and downs, what type of a, um, day you've had, or if it's a bad day out there in the business, or as a player, or as an athlete, mm -hmm. um, you go back home and, and um, you have somebody who's been consistently being that support a so, rock in your life absolutely and that and has the been mother also is absolutely mother i was just about to say next is the mom yeah. and uh, you know it's been a bit hard for her for since sure. i um you know uh, got married and i'm living on my own uh so me not being around uh for her but she's every day 
checks on me, makes sure if I need something, she's on it. Uh, so my wife and my mom has been really the strength um, behind everything that I do. And obviously, um, uh, my rest of my family members, they kept on you know, supporting and uh, giving me their encouragement through and through. Your mom's your number one fan, man. I Absolutely. assure you. That. There yes. have been times when I've come to watch your matches, I'm in the stands, and your mom's. She's literally screaming. She's the yes. loudest fan out yes. there. And she also responds to all of your Instagram posts as well. Yes. You know? Oh, my mom's all big time, time on social media. You know? so She's like your biggest fan. Absolutely. If I put anything on social media, not even five minutes, I get a notification <laughs> saying, Chintoru um, Malaga shared your post. Mm. And then my mom is just. Even if I put it, sometimes I put a story on Instagram, she'll screenshot it and she'll put it. Put it on a put it on a Facebook or something That's like that because she's mom. got this uh, friends abroad and family that she always you know talks about me constantly. That's what gets her going mm -hmm. and absolutely she's been a rock uh, and she's been uh, a crucial part. Uh, even growing up, you know, waking uh, up in the morning for swimming at five fifteen to go and you know sometimes in the peak you swim like five thousand six thousand uh, meters uh, in training and then it, some days you just don't want to go. And then, you know, it's mom who you know, makes sure, like, you know what, you're going, got to go for training. Um, so um, that's just one part, you know, and there's so many that we don't see, for sure. right? The things that she could go through. I mean, going on tours, representing Sri Lanka schools, Sri Lanka youth, uh, we got to find our own funding, right? And then uh, at this point, you, want, you think you don't even know how they found that if they had to ask people or stuff like that, but they made sure we went on the tours. They made sure we, we had everything to do our training and stuff like that. So my mom would just made sure, uh, you know, I had everything. So if I'm where I'm, where I'm at today, it's definitely because of my mom. Uh, giving back to society is a, is a huge part of being an entrepreneur. And you're someone who's very close to your community. You're always about giving back to the community. You preach about it as well. And not only do you preach, but you walk the talk as well. So can you maybe tell your, your peace of mind on what it is to give back to a community, both as a businessman as well as an athlete? Um, so my stage is I impact hope that. Uh, through my business, um, I make sure that giving back happens through that. Uh, that's why I started I Impact Outreach. Oh, yeah. So I Impact Outreach is um, a platform where I choose uh, schools, mainly basketball schools outside of Colombo, mm -hmm. so they can do and do a free basketball camp. Uh, now, not everybody can afford my services in, in I Impact, right? Mm -hmm. There's certain uh, people that could afford it, and there are certain people in the basketball industry who couldn't. Um, so through I Impact uh, Outreach, I'm trying to reach out to those people, uh, spend my time, it's, most of the time it's a full morning or an evening, sometimes a day, uh, where I spend time and teach as much as I can. What I'm trying to, what we really do with iImpact is things that you can do on your own to work on your game. Not coaching, right? You train on little things, little details, footworks and stuff like that. So I'm going to go there and teach these things to these kids so that they can work on your own. So. Through impact outreach, I um, chose I choose schools uh, who play basketball, who is um, underprivileged. Um, I go and do a full camp, free, hundred uh, percent. Not only I do the camp, I try my level best to um, give basketballs, equipments, uh, and then I started this uh, uh, with the help of the basketball community, mainly my I impact hoop lab community, and then the basketball community at large has been a big part of my impact outreach uh, where I've uh, told them to give us shoes. 
it can be brand new shoes it can be used shoes uh, you give it to us we'll do the minor uh, update upgrades it needs and we'll give it to a kid uh, who's who's in need and these kids that we do i impact outreach camps has never worn nike has never worn adidas uh, or such branded shoes right so when these some of these kids give us shoes uh, saying these are used they are brand new and and some of the shoes are broken laces it's a matter of replacing the lace and it's a brand new shoe right so we do that part we collect um, all the shoes and donations or equipment or whatever they want to give and we choose when we go to the school we give them as much as we can and um, a shout out to peak shoes who's been a part of our program has been very generous uh, giving us special rates and discounts um, in, in this endeavor. So um, I try my level best to give back to the community mainly by um, knowledge, you know, sharing knowledge, sharing what I've experienced and also talking to the kids. That is a good platform for me to meet the kids, talk to them, share my story uh, if they have questions, you know, uh, and then uh, most of these uh, kids just really know you mm. and, and just sometimes have questions on how to do things and stuff like that. Um, uh, last part is when I go on these uh, programs, I've come across certain situations where some of these kids would like to come to iImpact, right. right? And it can be um, once a week, it can be once a month. Um, I let them come to iImpact fully 100% free. Uh, they can come and train. Uh, so if there are any kids that I feel they're underprivileged and they really can't afford 100% uh, free, they come into our impact sessions, they they train for 100% free, get their knowledge, make sure they're okay because they, they travel long distances, right? Um, so that gives me great pleasure knowing that, okay, you know, I'm giving back and making sure some of these kids can uh, go to their dreams. Yeah, so you're inspiring these kids and helping them achieve a dream. And you're touching so many souls. God bless your soul, man. Thank you, Thank you so much for being you. Uh, but on a final note, uh, Pranitu Dumalagala, the personal brand, uh, I Impact Hoops, uh, basketball, coaching, uh, everything else, and even with I Impact Scaling, uh, where could we see you in the next uh, five years? In 2025, what can we expect from you? Uh, my next closest goal is to open a basketball training center. Mm -hmm. Remember we were talking about yeah, infrastructure, yeah. right? Yes, Remember yes. we were talking about infrastructure. I want to build that infrastructure for my program. Mm -hmm. It's a, a big task because uh, all my clients and my athletes, my customers are based in Colombo. Finding a place in Colombo is hard. Building the infrastructure is hard. Uh, but uh, grinding, I think I'm somewhere there, somewhat so, with a lot of help. Um, Again, up to now, I've got so many people helping me in various ways. Um, I can't name them individually, but I'm rem remembering them. Shout out to all those people. You all know who you all are. And there are people as we speak who's just helping me to make it happen. Um, goal is to build this training center uh, with screens up there, triple stations, shooting guns. It's about purely you come in, you work, you grind, you get better and you go out. Uh, and then uh, it's also where I establish myself in, as, a, as an athlete. I mean, when a kid walks in, I want them to see uh, my championship rings, uh, my jerseys. Uh, I want them to get inspired uh, to just work hard, you know? And then that's what somewhat I had in US. When I walk into a training center, you're like, whoa, 
right? I mean, everything's just you see work. the banners and everything's just work. And, yeah. So um, I want a training center in Sri Lanka. I in fact, who lab lab is where ah, okay. you work, right? You create something. Yes. I want I want to create basketball athletes who are monsters who are you know trying to grind and get better. I want that lab to be kind of perfect, right? I want that lab to be um, the dream that any basketball player want to walk walk in and be like, yeah, this is the real deal. You know, so that's that's my uh, goal to build. You are the real deal, <laughs> Trinito Dumalaga. Thank you so much for being Thank a part you. of it. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a champ champ, uh, is the best basketball player to ever play the sport in Sri Lanka and is more than just an athlete. He's also a businessman and he's inspiring the next generation of both athletes and entrepreneurs in the years to come. Uh, well, we, ladies and gentlemen, are the Entrepreneur Wide and at episode number five, we'll be catching another interesting individual, Randy Chris Pereira. So do stay tuned, subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, follow us on the social media platforms and we'll catch you soon. Until then, this is Abad Fawzan signing off on behalf of Entrepreneur Wide. Stay tuned.